these children, especially in today's world with COVID, suffer that isolation and depression because of the isolation. Think about it, they, they're not in school anymore. They don't get to see their friends. Uh, many of them are at home with their parent or guardian that may be challenged because of lack of income. Maybe they've been laid off. So there's a lot of stressors in the families, situations that they're in. So to have that consistent, positive relationship is so incredibly important for these kiddos right now. studio for podcast production. Many of our local nonprofit agencies have made our community better with an outlook of hope for those they serve. With economic headwinds facing most, if not all, I've offered our studio to produce a podcast for them to help tell their stories in their words to provide another opportunity to reach out for support at a time when so many of their fundraising efforts have become challenging. Our purpose in doing so is to inform and direct interested donors or volunteers to those organizations that do so much for us and keep that candle of hope burning brightly for all. Joining me today is Brenda Frazier. Brenda is a graduate of University of Arkansas and has served the nonprofit community for nearly 40 years. Brenda joined the Big Brothers Big Sisters Network in October of 2013, and she is proud to lead the Big Brothers Big Sisters of Northern Sierra and affiliates serving El Dorado, Nevada, and parts of Placer Counties. Big Brothers Big Sisters of Northern Sierra serves approximately 250 children a year with a dedicated team of 11. Wow, Brenda, that's no small accomplishment, 250 children and 11 people on the team? That's right. We are small but mighty. So tell me a little bit about Big Brothers Big Sisters. For those who aren't familiar, how does one become a big brother or a big sister? Uh, well, Jeff, let me let me start from the beginning. First of all, the 250 children that we serve are children who are really considered to be children at risk. Mm -hmm. And at risk is identified by um, maybe they come from single parent homes, they live with a guardian, um, they've suffered neglect or abuse, um, poverty, homelessness, food insecurities, any of those things could be a factor for at risk. Mm -hmm. But what we try to do is match those children who need a little bit of support, a positive role model, a friend, with a big brother or a big sister. And the way people become a big brother or big sister is simply to call our office or fill out an application online. And they are then interviewed. And we find out everything about them, their likes, their interests, what they have in mind for their own personal relationships with a child. And then we do the very same thing with a kiddo and match the perfect pair. Uh, so we would put somebody together who maybe has a uh, passion for hiking or bicycling or arts and crafts, anything like that, like kind interests. And they just form a bond and a relationship that is lifelong, really. And our staff, that mighty staff of 11, support those matches throughout, making sure that the matches are healthy and safe and everybody is happy with the match and the progression of the match. So the actual big brother or big sister is 
really just self-identified. They reach out, they call you, said, I would like to be involved with the organization and support a child. That's right. Anybody that has a, a heart for children and a little extra time can give us a call and and we'll, we'll set them up. We'll get them going. And there is a background check and there, you know, we vet them very well. The volunteers are vetted because child safety is our number one priority, but we are really very fortunate to have some great volunteers and people who really care about the kiddos that we serve. On the flip side of that, how does one become a little? How does a, a child get into the organization? Well, you know, we get calls from a couple of different places. We get referrals from their parent or guardian, mom or dad or grandma or grandpa know that there is a special need for a particular child that needs that additional support. So they might give us a call. Their teachers or counselors in school, we get a lot of calls from schools and counselors because they see firsthand an activity with a child or a behavior that might not be normal or might suggest the need for additional support, we get a lot of calls from teachers as well. Those are, those are our primary ways. One of the things, obviously, that has to be challenging in this particular environment is the relationship between a big and a little is typically out doing things. And right. with COVID, how are you guys handling that? How is the ability for the two to connect? That's a very, very good question, Jeff. It is a challenging time right now. With COVID, uh, the entire world has changed. We uh, hope that the bigs and the littles are staying connected. And when we say staying connected, it's that consistent relationship. It doesn't always have to be in person. It can be just a consistent relationship. That might be a phone call, a text message. We have a couple of folks that have learn to write letters. The littles had never written a letter before. It's a big deal for a kiddo these days to get a, a card or a letter in the mail. They don't typically get that. They get those texts or those phone calls. So that's a whole new world opening up for them. So it's not only fun for them to, to receive something like that of their very own in the mail, but it gives them an opportunity to learn how to do things like, oh, address an envelope that is not common right. in this world for kids. So it's, it is a bit of a challenge. But we also encourage different types of activities. If, it, if it's an outdoor activity, we encourage that safety, you know, go for a walk, go for a bike ride, make sure you have your masks on. Let's do virtual activities. We have matches that have made cookies via Zoom. We have a big that delivered all the ingredients to make chocolate chip cookies, and she and her little made those cookies via Zoom together. So that, that was a lot of fun for them. We encourage virtual tours. There are, and who knew this, but you can you can visit Pompeii, a 45-minute tour of Pompeii, virtual tour, just online. So it's kind of fun for a big and a little who might have that kind of interest, either interest in travel or archaeology or whatever it might be, to go on an adventure like that, someplace that they may not ever be able to travel, but virtually they can travel there together. And that's something that they have in common. So we're always looking for different types of activities that they can do virtually. That's kind of a neat experience because I doubt that anybody 
or if if they did, it was probably few and far between where they said, hey, let's go to Europe or Greece or Italy virtually right. and yeah. maybe would have done it together in pre-COVID. Now they get to do it still just separated. Exactly, exactly. And there are so many things like that uh, that you can learn how how to make volcanoes and make them explode in your kitchen and uh, just all kinds of things that you learn online. And I have to tell you, I happened to be the one that was for a long time coming up with these ideas. So I was on the Internet myself looking up different activities to do. And I, I was, oh, who knew? Yeah. Who knew you could do all these things, right. zip lining and scuba diving and, and trips to the zoo to watch the otters in Monterey. So it, just a lot of different activities out there that are new and exciting and something, like I said, somebody might never have the opportunity to experience. Well, you said a couple of things that I think are pretty exciting in the grand scheme going forward once we're post-COVID is these will probably still resonate and be engaging for bigs and littles and, and many others as they get exposed to some of the virtual stuff. The cookie thing's not working for me because I can't taste the cookies the kids are making. <laughs> and the uh, the third thing is this, the, the, the mail. I think it's great that we have some engagement to where it's not a digital world all the time and all of a sudden somebody's getting something in the tangible space back in the day and they're learning that, hey, I like this. I like getting something real in my hands that's just for me. I bet it's probably a pretty thrilling experience for a lot of these kids. Right, exactly, exactly, just just for them. So it's that consistency that we encourage with our bigs and our littles and try to keep them staying connected. Consistency is so important because these children, especially in today's world with COVID, suffer that isolation and depression because of the isolation, think about it, they, they're not in school anymore. They don't get to see their friends. Uh, many of them are at home with, with um, their parent or guardian that may be challenged because of lack of income. Maybe they've been laid off. So there's a lot of stressors in the families, situations that they're in. So to have that consistent, positive relationship is so incredibly important for these kiddos right now. And we hear so often of the challenges that kids not in school is really detrimental to their well-being and their yes. formative years and their education and relationship building, et cetera. Yes, it is. Yes, so it is. how has COVID impacted the organization in terms of whether it be the bigs, the littles, the operational elements of it? What have you seen in the course of the last nine months? A lot that we never thought we would see, Jeff. <laughs> That's really the truth. We have um, learned to do things in very different ways. All of our staff are currently working from home. So we are doing everything via Zoom and phone calls ourselves. It's interesting, you know, you don't think about little things like computers that have to have cameras to do Zoom calls. I had to buy seven computers this year because our computers were so old, they didn't have cameras in yeah. them. So it's things like that that are like, oh, oh, okay, we, we really need to upgrade. We need to change things out just a little bit. So everything that we've done, we've, we've twisted and turned and tweaked so we can incorporate everything in the very best fashion for the bigs and littles that we serve. 
the fundraising efforts that we've had, um, those are all very different. We've been very fortunate that our community has stepped up in a big way to be very supportive, but we haven't had the opportunity to have our in-person events like we usually do, which supplements our all of our programs. It makes up about 40% of our overall budget. Mm -hmm. So those are having to be done very differently. We're doing our very first virtual event in the uh, at the beginning of this year so that'll be a new experience so it, it, everything is just a little bit different well the beginning of the year is only a couple of weeks away why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about what that virtual event is well uh, um, I'd be happy to we actually have a big brother and big sister of the year every year we name one of you know it's so hard to choose between the 250 bigs that we have because they're so great, but we do choose a big brother and a big sister of the year each year. So this year, we are going to be honoring them virtually with a, a virtual live event on YouTube, and that will happen on Mentor Day. It's a National Mentor Day, which will be January 29th. So that will be one event that we, our very first virtual event. That's fantastic. Tell, tell me a little bit about the other events that you traditionally do, maybe the most successful, and then we'll get into one I know that's that's pretty exciting that we were talking about before we actually started the formal conversation. Right. Um, well, I'll tell you, the at the beginning of the year, typically in February, we do a crab feed. We won't be doing a crab feed. We're going to change that to the July timeframe. Hopefully, COVID mm -hmm. will be in our rear view mirror. And we'll try to do something like a, an all-you-can-eat rib fest or something like that, something where people can be outdoors, still feel comfortable and be part of the community. And so that'll be a little bit different. We'll, we do a golf tournament in April and or May, one of the two. I think this year it's going to be the middle of May, actually. And that's an outdoor event. It's very popular. We raise quite a bit of money with that event. And we were able to do that this year. We did have to postpone it originally, but we ended up doing it in August, happened to be the hottest day of the year. So on top of COVID <laughs> and social distancing, we also had to have medical teams in for the heat. So that was very different because, <laughs> you know, you, you come up with a great idea and you make a plan and you do a plan B and a plan C, and it's always a challenge. But, you know, I have to say that that mighty team of 11 that we have has stepped up to every single challenge and they have just risen to the occasion and, and then some, they've been amazing. And our community has been amazing as well because they know the challenges and struggles that we have and they truly do have in their hearts the want for these children to succeed. So golf tournaments have been able to succeed and thrive in this environment because they've been outside I would right. imagine they're a bit challenging to get the time, but you've got another one that has been postponed several times now, but it looks like it's slated again. That's that's pretty unique. You want to tell us a little bit about that one? And it is outside. It's outdoors. It, it is outdoors, <laughs> and it is one that we can safely socially distance, and it's called Over the Edge. And basically, we encourage repellers to jump off of 16 story building. That is the bottom line. They're jumping off of stories or off the building for um, these kids. They'll raise money and have the opportunity to repel on one of the, or over one of the largest 
tallest buildings in Sacramento, which is the Marriott residence in downtown Sacramento. And um, we're really excited about that event. You know, every single day people face challenges and the kids that we serve face those challenges too. So this is our way of saying, you can meet or beat every single challenge that you face if you have a heart to do so. So I, at age 66, am jumping off that building. And I can tell you, I always say God made me short for a reason. I do not like heights, but I'm going to face this challenge and I'm in it. I'm in it for the organization. So I'm going to prove that we can face those challenges. That's awesome. And I think I mentioned to you, my birthday's right around that same date as well. So I'll give myself a birthday present and jump off a building. There you go. That's a great gift. Not, not to mention, we know at 16 stories, we're absolutely socially distanced appropriately. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And we don't want to meet on the ground together. That'd be a bad no, thing. We really don't. <laughs> we don't want to meet on the ground together. So as you look at the year ahead and where things are, it looks like you've come through what will probably arguably be the roughest part of this process of COVID. What does next year look like for you guys? Well, I have to believe it's going to look better than 2020. We just, we always try to stay positive and hope for the best, but I think that we, because we have such a strong community and because we have so many amazing volunteers who really do want to see the children succeed, I think it's going to be a bigger and better year. I think that once you face challenges and you've overcome them in different ways, it gives you faith and strength in your own self that you can do even a little bit more than you've done before. So I just have to believe we're going to be bigger and stronger and, and we'll get more done and we'll be able to serve more kids. That's fantastic. If, if you were to leave the listener with something, parting thought, call to action, things of most significance, what would you say to them? Get involved. I would say if you have a little bit of time in your schedule and a heart for kids, you can give them something very special, which is a relationship and a friendship that will literally last a lifetime. Mm-hmm. And you will be amazed at the smallest thing that will impact that kiddo for their entire life. And you may never know it, but it will be impactful. If you don't have the time and, and you have the capacity, give a donation, you know, jump off that building, raise some money for those that are jumping off that building. We have a chicken coop. So for those people who are too afraid to jump off the building, you can hang out in the chicken coop and you, you can <laughs> donate to the ones that are brave enough to go off that building. There are just tons and tons of ways that you can help the organization and the kids that we serve. Can you give me the best way to get in touch with the organization? Sure. Uh, you can give us a call. Our number is 530-626-1222. Or you can go to our website at bbbsns.org, which stands for Big Brothers, Big Sisters, Northern Sierra. And you can get all the information there. And one thing I know we touched on earlier, the distinction, there are two Big Brothers, Big Sisters organizations, one's in the greater Sacramento area, you're the Northern Sierra. What is the scope of your service so they know the territory, basically, that you cover? 
we go from the edge of Folsom, El Dorado Hills border all the way up and around South Lake Tahoe over to North Lake Tahoe, Truckee, and down into Nevada City, Auburn, all the way down to Auburn. So that is our scope. We also serve just a little bit of Douglas County in Nevada, but that's that's where we are, Incline Village, all of that, all the way up and around the lake. Boy, that's a lot of turf. It is. It is. <laughs> And in the ski season, I would imagine it's even more challenging because you've got so much traffic you know, up yeah, and about. It's, and- it's a bit of it's a bit of a challenge in the snow, but we do have staff that are in Nevada City and in Truckee, so there are hardy souls that uh, bear those snow-covered roads. Um, would not be my idea of a good time, but they're in it, <laughs> so they enjoy it and they live in that area. So we always try to have representation in all parts of the the counties that we serve. Wonderful. And I would imagine that's even fun for a lot of the littles who maybe don't get the opportunity to experience the snow on a regular basis, depending on how far down they are. You know, it's always amazing to me when you hear a child who may live in Placerville that has never seen the snow. How does that happen? Or a child that lives in South Lake Tahoe and they've never been to the lake. Wow. How does that happen? because y'all are driving by it every single day. Mm -hmm. So I I don't understand how we don't get to go to the lake. So those are opportunities and experiences that a big brother and big sister can provide a child. And and what with such little effort, such little effort makes a big difference in that kiddo's life. You know, and it's interesting as you say that because we take so many things for granted. Our kids have probably been skiing, they've been to the snow, they've been to the lake, they've been on the lake, they've been skiing on the lake, they've been in the water, they've done all these outdoor things that we just do as parents with our children, whereas there's a lot of children who don't have that benefit. They don't have two parents, and it's really the big brother or big sister who initiates them to so many neat things, like we were talking, a letter or cooking, you know, making chocolate chip cookies or going to Greece virtually, stuff that their parents probably, or parent, typically I would imagine many are single parent uh, children, just challenged with the ability to do those things with their child. A challenge just to maintain a daily life, yeah. honestly. If, if you think about it, we have, have parents, um, we've got a single mom that her husband passed away. She had four little boys. That mom is overwhelmed just trying to do for those four boys that, you know, she may not have an opportunity to go to the lake. And in today's world with COVID, when people are, you know, their hours are cut back, they, they're challenged financially, they may not have that opportunity either. You mm-hmm. know, people say, oh, we're all in it together. And it's, oh, we might be weathering the same storm, but we need to remember we all have very different boats you know, you might be in a yacht, but this mom over here might be in a raft right? and it's stormy out there. So we just need to remember there are very different circumstances for each and every single one of our family. Well, it's a great analogy. And let's hope that as a result of whomever listens to the podcast is on the yacht side of things and can really help some of those people who are sitting out there rowing in a raft. Exactly. Well, Brenda, thank you so much for what you do, for what you do for the organization. And thank you for the time today to talk about what's happening in the Northern Sierra Big Brothers, Big Sisters organization. You are Thanks doing... so much for having me, Jeff. We really do appreciate the opportunity. And happy holidays to you, too. Thank you. You as well. You as well. You take care.
Thank you. If what you heard today moved you, please reach out to that organization and find a way you can support their cause. Thank you for listening. Thank you for any support you can give. And by all means, feel free to share, subscribe, and give us a review. This production was made possible by Multipoint Content Strategies and Hear Me Now Studio.